uh, my husband's a big Dune fan because I I can't I can't read this book. I have tried so many times. Maybe one day I'll be able to. I've even tried listening to the audiobook, which is more like a a radio drama, mm-hmm. uh, except a book drama, and I can't get through that. It's okay. And then there's the Sci-Fi Channel Dune that was interesting. Except the guy who played the Baron is mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. And then there is the David Lynch version, which <laughs> turned turned into like a PowerPoint presentation at the end. very good let's use that should we yes okay fine well hello and welcome to Depoka transmissions the podcast where we talk about the bad batch and only the bad batch that's not true we're gonna talk about some other things today a wikipedia article that's full of fun and probably a million tangents so yes it's us yes i i'm megan and i'm becca and we can't keep it together tonight. No. Not at all. No, not tonight. It's late and so how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm um <laughs> I've gotten to Perler Beat Ornaments and it's really fun and it's really, really, really fun and I love it. And it's and I've made some Koroks and they're really cute. And then I think about Legend of Zelda and I'm like, must find all shrines. And then it goes back to Bad Batch. I'm like, Tarkin sucks. And then <laughs> And Wheel of Time. It gets, I'm now on, I'm almost done with book three. The show, oh my goodness, watch the show, everybody. It's phenomenal. Watch it, please. It's wonderful. Episode one's a little bit rough, but please watch it. It's like, even though it doesn't do every single plot point, because then it would be a million episodes long, it has the feel of it. And it's so good. It's so good. I wanted to cry on this last episode, episode six. I was like, ah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what what do I really like. Mm, well, I like Breath of the Wild for its the beauty and the peacefulness. Breath of the Wild looks like such a fun game. Oh, I it's play so it. great! It's like the exquisiteness of nature and exploration, and at the same time, the depression of loneliness and being alone, both physically and because you're out of your own time. It's so good. This sounds like like very heavy nineteenth century romantic poet on leave, but I'm loving it. Maybe but in a good way. Maybe like in a good way. Maybe sometimes we'd. I think I don't know because it's chill. It is chill. You said. Oh no, not weed. River. Not weed. Oh, I thought you meant weed, and then I was gonna say, and then it's like quaaludes when you're like trying to climb the mountains. No, I I I meant ennui. Ennui. Oh man. <laughs> I. <laughs> Yes. Okay. No, Link does not do quaaludes. <laughs> I don't think Kelly. <laughs> I was cor- so confused. The, the Koroks are offering the Korok seeds like, ha ha ha, you found me. He's like, what does this do? You'll find out. <laughs> Surprise, it goes into Hestus Maracas so he can do a dance. But he also expands your inventory, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. So we're a Star Wars podcast? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Star Wars. We're not a Star Wars, by the way. We promise. Um, do, you, do you want to try our sodas? Oh, yes. We so. have, since last time we had the terrible, absolutely terrible, Ugh. soda shop cream soda cola. Yes. We decided to get more sodas. Yay! And these ones I found at my local grocery store. Mm. See, the sad thing is, the the smell was nice, the initial taste was good, and then a second taste hit, and it just was like, ugh. So, are we going to drink bad soda every time? (laughs) Actually, my husband might like them. He can have them. Yeah, because he doesn't like soda-y soda. He doesn't like soda, actually. But he likes ahas. Yes, we'll save them for him and see what he thinks. I like ahas. These are terrible. These are... Ooh, it has a bad aftertaste. But it really does. Ooh, I'm going to drink some of my Mountain Dew from my movie. Sadly, I did get the 
black cherry cola cherry Pepsi shop whatever thing soda. The sister soda to the cream soda one. That one was also bad, but it wasn't for a podcast. I just had it because I was really curious. And yes, it, it was very medicinal cherry. Like Maybe if I can find some moxie, I'll bring that next time. Yeah. Ooh, maybe I'll get something from the, the Chinese supermarket. Ooh, yeah. And you can bring moxie and we'll be like, I don't think I've ever had moxie. Well, it's a cola, but it tastes old. What does it mean? You'll find out. So, uh, Star so, Wars. Uh, Alright, so what we do on this podcast, presumably, is <laughs> talk, we talk about everything. But Star Wars. But Star Wars. Is we are going through Star Wars The Bad Batch episode by episode, or in this case, half episode by half episode, and just kind of talking about it and discussing it. Just kind of a fun, friendly discussion about a show about clones. <laughs> Doing clone things. <laughs> doing, the, doing their clone things as they do. Mm-hmm. And and going across the galaxy in their in their their door dash motorhome. Yeah. A With show, guns. <laughs> yep. A show about six people doing their best and in some cases worse to <laughs> find their way in a galaxy that is falling apart around them. I do my worst. <laughs> yes. And so one of our, our first well, actually, our second, because we had soda talk. So one of our second segments, we have our Wikipedia article of the day. <laughs> that, was, that was bad. <clears throat> and today's, because we were talking about... Okay, the article is fruit. And so the reason that we're talking about fruit is... So the, the in this episode, Aftermath, the first episode of Bad Batch, but only the first 36 minutes of it, um, cause you divided it in half is, so there, there's the scene where they're, they're in the cafeteria and there's the food fight and we're talking about the food where it's like really weird. And then we were talking about, we were like, but is there any like fruit? But then we thought of Attack of the Clones where there is, you know, a space pear and a space mini pineapple <laughs> and stuff. I looked to see if there's an article on fruit on Wikipedia, and indeed there is. <clears throat> and thus we begin. Fruit. <laughs> Fruits were a popular type of food in the galaxy. Did they have bones? No bones are mentioned, but they contained seeds and grew on trees. <laughs> they were eaten raw or cooked in dishes and were considered a treat and a prized delicacy during times of war. A much-loved dish was yogan fruit cake, which called for the main ingredient, yogan fruit, to be both baked in the batter and used as a topping. Fruit could also be dried and eaten as a snack. Fruit was edible by humans, jablogians, runins, wookies, ash rabbits. I don't know what those are. But I did find out because we're like, okay, Attack of the Clones, as I said, they have a space pair and a space mini pineapple and all that. And then I was thinking about in Force Awakens where Ray's eating some fruit and just like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, wow, see, that looks like space fruit. <clears throat> what Ray is eating is a Fuji apple with Romanesco broccoli <laughs> protruding out of it. I'm a little bit angry about this, <laughs> but it makes sense for Star Wars because that's what they do. Uh, so... Thus, we have our article about fruit. We are now smarter, better, worse <laughs> for it. Lord, <laughs> just out here doing our work. We, we love Wikipedia and the hard work that goes into it. We really do. Thank you, the but. contributors of Wikipedia, and yep. thank you. <laughs> Some articles are just really funny. They just yeah. tickle our funny bones. They do. Our funny, of which we have many. Oh, and if you hear an odd sound, that is one of my cats purring excessively. It, he does this. Yes, he does. He's a big, big, handsome little kitty. So shall we get to our main discussion? Our yeah. main discussion. So, uh, <laughs> for today's discussion, we are starting with episode one of The Bad Batch, so we're actually talking about the series now. We decided to just watch the first half, so we could actually get through the whole thing after, you know, last, la- last time, okay, editing the last episode was so frustrating. 
Because there are parts where I like talk, at least it was for me, listening to myself. Mm -hmm. Because there are moments, like parts of it, where I talk around my point just in circles and never actually say what my point was. (laughs) Like my point when I was talking about when did Echo decide he wanted to be a part of the Bad Batch, my point was he decided before that last episode ever started. (laughs) Did I say that? No. You didn't? I didn't. Oh. I just talked around it. I think I am, like, got the message across, but I never actually said it. Oh, that's funny. But anyway, anyway, real quick, before we actually kind of get into any plot stuff, Mm -hmm. if you showed me the outline of Aftermath on paper, I would say that there's no way this should work. It does kind of go a lot of places. Yeah, because there is, there should be mood whiplash all the way around. You've got the Clone Wars opening, you know, the traditional Clone Wars opening with with the narrator. It's like a cool action scene. Two minutes later, genocide. Then uh, you've got all these really eerie scenes where they're like, what is going on? How, why are the other clones doing this? What is going on with us? What's going on with Crosshair? What do you mean, the Galactic Empire? What is happening? Five minutes later, food fight. It's it's a high school comedy now. Also, like, the beginning where it's, again, Order 66. I mean, you... Every day I wake up, it's Order 66. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, think, you'd think at some point you'd say, oh, no, we have to see that again. Uh, what are they going to do so we have, you know so we can get some emotion out of it and not just be like, oh yeah, Order 66. Mm-hmm. Yay. I mean, not yay, but <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? But instead, it is very emotional and it's, it's you care about it. Yeah, it, this is the fourth time we've seen Order 66. Because mm-hmm. we've got, got Rent of the Sith, which is when I think it hit the least hard. Because we didn't know any of those Jedi. Revenge of the Sith hits harder in retrospect now Mm -hmm. than it ever did Mm -hmm. before the Clone Wars. Then we got it in Clone Wars, we got it in Jedi Fallen Order, and we got it in this show. We didn't see it in Rebels, but it was definitely alluded to. Mm -hmm. Which actually, let's, okay, let's start there. Let's start with Order Order 66. So last time we spent a little bit of time kind of razzing the Jedi. Yeah. And their relationship with the clone. Yeah. I want to come at it from another angle. Okay. Now, everything that we said in the last episode was Rising the Jedi, that's true. It's also true that the clone's relationship with the Jedi and the Jedi's relationship with the clones, there was good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. The clones we see, for the most part, they really respect and care about the Jedi, and most each good Jedi, the Jedi who, like, aren't losing themselves to the dark side in the midst of this war, they really care about the clones under their command. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason that this relationship exists is because the Jedi in some ways change themselves to the Republic right alongside the clones. They're mm-hmm. always fighting right next to them. They're not, with some exceptions... Um, of which we won't name. No. I think... <laughs> I think everybody should know who we're talking about. Um, <laughs> they they don't fight behind them. They don't... Yeah, and the really complicated thing about it is, on the one hand, the Jedi fighting in the war at all is wrong. Mm-hmm. They should have never, ever taken up military titles. Mm-hmm. And they should not have become the generals of what is essentially a slave army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other hand... I think the Jedi saw themselves as doing damage control. Because once the existence of the clone army was known, which was the whole reason Palpatine sent an assassin, who sent an assassin, who sent an assassin, who sent an assassin to kill Padme, (laughs) was because he wanted the Jedi to learn of the clone army at this, like, very specific time Mm -hmm. when it looked like there was going to be galactic civil war. Once the once the clone army was known, there was no chance the Republic was not going to use them. Mm-hmm. There was no chance that the Republic, the citizens of the Republic, were going to fight their own war. Not when there was a whole bunch of people made for that purpose, specifically who didn't have any children or spouses or parents or... 
nieces or nephews or things like that to miss them when they would die fighting. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Jedi, part of the reason they do take up those military titles and do kind of like join in this war with the clones is kind of out of the sense of like, this is going to be really bad. We should do our best to make it the least bad that we can. Mm -hmm. Now, it still doesn't make it right, but it does make it more complicated. It does. I think that multifacetedness... Not mm-hmm. not a word. I think that's what gives it so much weight and mm-hmm. importance is, yeah, and, and they're like, they are knights of the Republic. Mm-hmm. And I, the Republic that has stood for, what, thousands of years or whatever. Yeah. And, and to preserve that is, is something they are so dedicated to. And so... Keeping the peace does turn into, and now we take up these military roles. We are the leaders of this, and partake in the colonization of the of the galaxy. Which is interesting because did I talk about that last episode, Camino, with nobody knowing about it, and they did that on purpose? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's also interesting because, like, because like Sidious who's so horrible and sinister with his meddling, because of him, they do get colonized by the Republic. Well, oh yeah, yeah, we said we'd do spoilers, and then destroyed at the very end. Like, that's so interesting. Yeah, and kind of back to my point about, like, the Jedi getting involved in this sort of, like, damage control kind of way, Mm -hmm. we see the way that the non-Jedi officers treat the clones. They have no respect for them mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, they do not like the clones. They do not think of them as human. We're talking about you, Tarkin. Yes, we are. Anyway, so we so that's part of why there is, despite the complicatedness of this of the relationship, there is this mutual respect and love mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the Jedi and the clones. One of the tragedies of Order sixty six is we see <laughs> people who were not supposed to be attached to anything mm-hmm. being attached to the people who were never supposed to be loved, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and them wiping each other out. Yeah, I mean, most of the clones wiping out the Jedi, but horribly sad. Uh huh. And a lot of the and a lot of like the young Padawans mm-hmm. who I mean get killed, and and they grew up with them, and yeah. like because a lot of the Jedi, I mean, they're adults as we like because we see them as adults, but the Padawans we get to see a few of them like Ahsoka and and Kanan. Well, I mean. Not for very long, Kanan, because then he goes off, mm-hmm. um, which is good, because then he lives. This is this is their family. Mm-hmm. Back to Caleb. I know that it's a little bit different from the Kanan comics. I mean, I imagine mm-hmm. that most of the rest of the Kanan comics, it still happened, yeah. exactly the way it is in the comics. I only read the first one, I admit. They're really good. Yeah? Yeah, they're really, really good. Um, I, I do highly recommend them, and I know that there was, there was some... Um, heartburn about them, this part of Caden slash Caleb's story being a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I do really like that we got to see him here. Mm-hmm. Um, I Caden is one of my favorite characters, and it's nice seeing him with Depa, seeing a little bit of their bond. Yeah. Because we've known since the final episode of season one of Rebels that Depa's last words to Caleb were run. Mm-hmm. And so it's really just chilling to see that play out it is actually um, and how subtle sudden that turn is mm-hmm. and whoever does her voice work just gets will... it really well done yeah 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 let me look it up uh depa balaba voice actor so glad we get to see her animated mm-hmm. it's really cool yes it really is uh archie punjabi great job Archie? Archie. Archie Punjabi. Excellent. Excellent job. Like, because yeah. voice acting work, it, it's tough. Like, I mean, I can't do it. I, in fact, I, I don't like listening to myself. I like the playback of stuff. I'm like, oh no, I sound like a child and bad. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, 
I think I sound so silly, but for somebody to like be able to do that successfully and emotionally, she is the character. Like mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah, and she only has like five or six lines, but mm-hmm. it's really short. She does a great job. Yeah, um, which then I know that's gonna sound like now yeah. I'm I'm ragging on um Freddie Pinch Jr. He did his best. He did his best. <laughs> It's, it's not his fault he doesn't have the voice of a 14 year old boy anymore yeah, for he is not a 14 year old boy nope. you know I it worked the performance is good the cadence is good he just sounds 30 years too old uh-huh. he sounds like the meme <laughs> okay so starting with the first scene once again we get a cool action scene where we they come in and they're just really cool Mm-hmm. And we see all of them with their respective fighting styles and mm-hmm. how what what their favorite styles are, which reminds me, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. I think the whole batch is just very, very, very okay. I was gonna say this theory, but now as I was about to say it, it sounds really dumb. No, no, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, here's my dumb theory. I actually think that the whole batch may be just very, very slightly force sensitive. Just a little bit. You know, I, I think that could be possible. Ways. I think, you know, there's always, like, throughout the entire Clone Wars and through the Bad Batch, there's always been, oh, this clone must be Force-sensitive. Or, yeah, like, I like the idea that all the clones are just Yeah, I, I like that. I was I was kind of hoping Omega could possibly be when, when the series first started. I mean, not, not that we don't know if she's not mm-hmm. yet, because then we've only had one season. But I kind of like that. They're, that they're all just like, you never know, because the Kaminoans could have taken a little bit of, like, of Sifo-Dyas DNA and, like, spliced it in somehow. But at the same time, I don't think Sidious would have allowed that. But what if they did it in secret because they're the Kaminoans and they need a contingency plan? You know, I actually do think that there's a very good possibility that the batch, mm-hmm. at least the OG batch, that they're not 100% Django clones, that there's a lot of Django in them, mm-hmm. and that they were defective Django clones, but they had DNA spliced in from other people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other species, potentially. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh no, I like that because I mean they talk about at the end of Clone Wars that yeah, Clone Wars, right, where they're like the DNA is getting too weak. We need Django to come back, and they're like, oh, he's dead, bro. Yeah. I mean, they have like fifteen million Django clones. I don't. There must be something about clone DNA, like something they do for the advanced aging that makes it yeah. bad for making other clones or something. So but... they they need like. Oh, okay. Boba's a clone. That's because hmm. I was gonna say he's. Well, but Boba's an unmodified clone, just like. So they could totally use Boba, but if Boba's off the grid. Uh huh. He's somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Doing his Boba thing. Doing his Boba thing. I like the idea though. Okay, because Hunter's thing, Hunter's thing is that he has heightened senses, so I I can get having insane hearing, like having like hyperacusis and. Having Did not know that was a word. It is. <laughs> or having a really amazing sense of smell, both of which he does seem to have. Mm-hmm. Feeling electromagnetic fields, as far as I know, is not a human thing. There are animals that do have electromagnetism. I don't think the people are, or as far as I know, I could be very wrong, I don't think that humans are one of them. Huh. I think that some of the Bad Bash, they could have some Kaminoan DNA, they could have some... Yeah, we don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Maybe that's why Crosshair is so tall and gangly. Oh, maybe that is. We're like, we need to make him taller. But we get to see all their, like, signature fighting styles. And then, and then, and then Order 66 happens. Order 66. And they're all really confused. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what's going on. And I love the shot. Where you have, they're all talking about it. They're all like, what what the crap just happened? You have Echo, Wrecker, Tech, and Hunter in the background. Kind of, they're talking it out and trying to figure out what's happening. Tech says he's going to listen to the chatter. 
And then you've got crosshair in the foreground, yes. a little bit out of focus, just staring off into the middle distance with mm-hmm. his helmet on. Because here's the thing, even though Crosshair is going to say at the end of the series that he did have his chip removed, here in this episode, he does still have it. Mm-hmm. And we know he still has it because of stuff that's going to be said later on in the episode, whether or not he's telling the truth in the end of the series, or he has it here. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that it didn't trigger right away. Because he doesn't try to kill Caleb instantly. Because Order 66 happens, he runs with the rest of the group to see what the crap is going on, and it's not until he and Hunter go after Caleb that he starts trying to shoot at him. So, hmm. Okay. Do you think, and now here's here's me just going off, does it have to be Order 66 is mentioned, or does it have to be from Sidious? I think it... Because whenever we've seen it, it's always a little Sidious appearing or, like, in the helmet over the um, chattercom, the overcom, the headcom. I can't think of the word right now, com. Execute order 66. And then it happens, but... I don't know, because we do see... I think he... Whenever we do see order 66 get relayed... It is always from Sidious, but then we see other clones to oh. whom Sidious was not personally talking. Yeah, so it always goes to, like, the captain or the commander, and then it... Yeah. They relay it. And then okay. they relay it, so I think it's that, and it was mm-hmm. probably... Wrecker says that he hears it, too. Mm-hmm. So it was probably just going through, like, the clone... Because they probably got an internal comm on that we can't hear in their helmets. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there goes one of my theories. Yep. What was your theory? I'm curious. Well, my theory was maybe it doesn't work as well if it if it's not from if they don't hear it from Sidious's voice, but that that doesn't that doesn't work now that you say that because we do see that that e- even in this episode where it goes to um, I can't remember Depakalaba's commander's name. Gray. Uh, maybe. I think it's Gray. Gray, and then and then he relays it, and so. It can't, and then, like, it doesn't quite work. Okay, but I actually like your theory. Yeah. Because who are the clones who are going to be most resistant to kill the Jedi? It's going to be the clones who know them best, who are going to be their commanders and captains, who they talk to all the time, who know them on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that the reason Sidious appears personally to relay the order to the clone commanders and captains, in some cases is because he needs a, there needs to be a little bit of an extra force oomph. Oh, that to get those be. people specifically to do it. Yes. Cuz they're going to be the ones who are trying the hardest to not. Uh-huh. Oh, I like this theory. This yeah. is a fun theory. I just saved your theory. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hunter and Crosshair they go after Caleb and Crosshair starts trying to kill him. And Hunter is extremely confused. No, not child murder. Yeah, another shot that I really, really like is another one where Hunter is talking. He sees Caleb up in the tree and he's telling him, come down. Now go ahead, get your candy cane. (laughs) Um, He's telling him to come down. He's, again, he's in the background. He's in kind of the third of the shot in focus. And then again, in the foreground, out of focus... You've got crosshair again, and you just see his hands getting his gun ready. Mm-hmm. It's just a good shot, and I like it. It is really sorry. My mouth is full of candy cane now. I'm sorry. This is not good podcasting. <laughs> I think it, I'm so sorry. None of this is good. We're not good podcasters. No, I need a little fun. snack. <laughs> I actually made fudge, peppermint fudge. You did? Mm-hmm. Mm. A few days ago. It's okay. It's a little gritty. Oh. Well, because I put peppermint dust... Inside the fudge, and so yeah, and I didn't think about that when Mm -hmm. when I did it. Okay. Anyway, and eating is nice fudge, but I don't love the recipe I used. So this has been peppermint talk. Peppermint talk brought to you by a very silly Becca. You know, I could not have candy canes for a long time because I tried like candy canes and peppermint while I was pregnant to help with sickness. Mm. It did not work. And I could not have candy canes. And you had a terrible pregnancy. I did. I had that hyper-garvitable whatever thing. I threw up all nine months. All day. Not at night. Well, yes, at night. It was awful. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
Anyway, on lighter news. Oh, lighter news. Okay. Um, so child murder. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, Caleb makes it though. Caleb does make it, and I, you kind of see it in Hunter's face, because we see Hunter's face when he realizes that Crosshair is coming, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Oh crap, what do I do?" Caleb sees it too, mm-hmm. and that's when Caleb jumps. Had Crosshair's chip not activated, and had Hunter been able to keep the situation under control, he one hundred percent would have adopted Caleb right then and there. Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh, yeah. I think they would have worked together. I mean, Hunter and Crosshair hide Caleb, probably mm-hmm. like in a hole in the cliff. Mm-hmm. So it would be like, and they'd be like, oh no, he fell. And then, so the, so the other. <laughs> so the other clones would have been like, oh yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Hopefully their acting is better than mine. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then, and then, and then they would have been like, now we have him. But then Omega would have been left. Yeah, I mean, and Crosshair would have complained about it the whole time. But still, Caleb, Caleb's life would have been really different. It would have been. Um, I wouldn't have had Rebels, so. True. And, but I think that that's part of why later on, once he finds out that, and this is, this is in the second half of the episode, but once Hunter finds out that Omega's a clone, and that she's technically a defective clone like them, that he's like, nope. She belongs with us. We are taking her. We're going back for her. I don't care how dangerous it is because he already, like, I think in his mind, he's already failed one kid. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want that, happen, that to happen to another one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because he knows she's in danger. And mm-hmm. that that guilt. He gets eaten up by guilt a lot in this series. He does. I... We're going to talk about Callie all the way through, mm-hmm. but the way that Hunter's guilt and his, not exactly lack of confidence, it paralyzes him mm-hmm. for a lot of this series. And it's really interesting because Hunter obviously cares so much. I don't know. I just really like Hunter. Hunter's great. Hunter's really great. Yeah. And the, the fact that he was not able to see save Caleb, I think, eats him up. Definitely for the rest of this episode. And, I mean, yes, Caleb got away, but still. How long is he going to be able to survive on his own on that planet? How mm-hmm. long is a Jedi going to be able to survive on his own when the entire galaxy is hunting them down? Mm-hmm. There's prob- Hunter's probably thinking that he lived, but how for how long? Uh-huh, and we know that Kanan lives. Yeah, but he doesn't know, and never mm-hmm. does know, as as far as we know so far in the in the first in the wow, the first season, he he doesn't know he survives. I then he dies later. Spoilers. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know what I hope? Hmm. I actually kind of want to see Caleb come back. Young Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. Young Caleb, because there is a part in Rebels mm. where Kanan says later on the clones said that they had chips that made them do it. I think it'd be really oh. interesting to see him get that information. That would be very interesting. And to see him probably huh. reject it, because we know Kanan is going to be so traumatized by what we just saw happen in this episode that he has a very hard time getting along with Rex mm-hmm. and with the other clones when he meets them. So everybody dies and they get back on their ship to go back to Camino, and <laughs> it's um, deeply sad. And the tension between Hunter and Crosshair begins. It does. It's, it is, it, you could cut it with Hunter's cool knife. Because he's Hunter and he's really cool. Probably. He's like, I'm Hunter. Yeah. Except with a better voice. <laughs> I sound like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so they get, they get back to Camino, And I think one of the first things is they have the, uh, the Palpatine's speech. First, they go back to their Bad Batch Bachelor Pad, um, which I can't take credit for. That's the Skyjumpers um, podcast. That's funny. That I stole that from, but, which is a great podcast, by the way. I enjoy Skytalkers. Oh, I've never listened to it. It's really fun. They're just just a couple of gals talking about the Star War. About the Star War? About the Star War. Oh, I'll have to listen. So... Okay, so yeah, they go back to the Bad Batch Bachelor Pad, <laughs> and we have two really interesting and overlapping discussions. Echo is the first one who's like, how dare those clones 
killed Master Balava. And this is, again, where we see, like, that there is this respect mm-hmm. between the clones and the Jedi. And that Echo, I guess, is attuned to. Ooh, it's yeah. possible he may have worked with her in the past since he was an ARC trooper. He probably did. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that either. Because, yeah, like, he's in the 501st, but ARC troopers aren't really technically attached to any attachments. Mm-hmm. Detached? Any things. Attachments. Yeah. Because they just kind of go around. Where they're needed. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. He's reason sensed. Mm-hmm. And then Tech chimes in his own worlds because of their programming, and everybody's like, Excuse Hold me? on. Including, I feel, the audience, because, yeah, no, Tech shouldn't really know this. Yeah, because this was like, this was a, a big reveal the, the, the chips in season six? Five? It was season six in the Fives arc. Yeah, and we're going to find out the next episode that. To, it's not just that Tech kind of knows nebulously, like, yeah, well, obviously we're programmed because we went through all that conditioning when we were younger, like, doy. But we're going to find out next episode, he knows about the chips. And he seems to have just sussed that out. <laughs> like, oh, well, obviously this is how it works. Like, with Tech, Tech, I love you, but why don't you say anything? Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a good, well, good okay. thing he never says that to Rex or anything. Probably, although, okay, the clones, the chips actually did become a known quantity after the Fives arc, because Shakti, yeah, Fives does get the information to Shakti, and they manage, because of the way that Fives dies, Mm -hmm. after he removes his chip, and seems to have kind of gone, he seems to have gone haywire when what's happening is he's having a mental breakdown, and he was drugged, Mm -hmm. becomes sort of just brushed off. Another thing that Tech seems to know in this scene, by the way he looks at Crosshair when he's saying, oh, well, what we, we're we immune to the programming because we're different. Because we have funky mutations. We don't work the way, that, the way that a lot of the rest of the clones work, including you, Echo, because of what happened to you on Skako Minor. So we're immune to the programming. And then here's a beat. He looks up at Crosshair and is like, but I can't be certain of it. Does he know I think he knows. I think it, I think he's actually, I think, though he's perhaps not great at reading, I don't know, he could be good at reading social cues, but he's good at noticing the details. Yeah, I mean, there's reading social cues, and there's responding to social cues, which are two different Ooh, things. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. And then there's also reading things that you maybe shouldn't be picking up on, but mm-hmm. you still do, and I think that's what's happening here. Because mm-hmm. he definitely knows something. Which again, Tech, we're going to need you to start talking more and saying things. Like, we, can, we can't have any more, I think it was obvious. <laughs> you know, I wonder how many times that happened on a mission, though. Well, I thought it was obvious that this thing was happening, and they're like, why would this be obvious? Probably a lot. If we get it, if we get, and I thought it was obvious in season two, <gasps> I anything, I would love it. But especially if it's for, like, some big emotional thing. Uh-huh. Tech. <laughs> You're going to save just all so much trouble. <laughs> So anyway, and here we're starting to see kind of the breakdown again in Hunter and Crosshair's relationship where Hunter's like, what is going on? What is wrong with you? Why are you just following orders? And Crosshair's like, well, because they're orders. And, and he's like, when have you ever done that? Ever. <laughs> Which what? we saw in the last, well, I don't know if we really saw, well, we, we saw how the thing, what am I saying? <laughs> Are you saying that we saw how completely flippant towards Orders Crosshair was in the last arc? You have summarized that perfectly. Yes, okay. Because we <laughs> saw in the last arc that Crosshair is just like, screw authority, screw the chain of command. I hate everybody. I I'm do. just going to act like a jerk to everybody because I can. And I don't care what orders you guys give me unless you're Hunter. If you're Hunter, you can give me orders. Everybody else, you're on thin ice. Pretty much as I do what I want. And what Hunter wants. And what Hunter wants. And now it's just like the complete opposite situation. He's like, yeah, no, totally. We had orders to kill a Jedi. So we tried to kill a 14-year-old kid. And Hunter's like, what is happening now? Why is the world going crazy? And Hunter's like, you're not my commanding officer. And Hunter's like, yes, I am. <laughs> That's exactly what I am. your commanding officer. <laughs> um, which I think, uh, okay. Well, okay. That's the second half of the episode thing. So I'll leave that. 
the second half of the episode is heavy. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, yeah, all the really, there's some juicy stuff that happened in that second half. So then they go to Palpatine's, I have declared the first Galactic Empire, like, mandatory meeting thing. Yes, which was so awesome to hear Ian McDermott's voice. And it's a chilling scene. Well, I was going to admit, it threw me off a little bit. Um, okay, so you see all the clones, and they're all celebrating at the end when Tech's like, now do you not think they're programming thing? Now do you believe the clones are pre-regular programmed? Yes, that. And, okay, chilling in that, and very obviously you have all the clones, although, okay, behind, 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 behind every single row of clones is the the red clones, the, the Emperor's Guard ones. Yeah, the shock troopers. Yes, yeah. and they're behind all oh, of them. Oh, you mean the other? Okay, yeah. No, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like, so you have them all the way at the back, and they're not, they're they're in their own line, but they all have their guns at the ready. And they're not cheering. And I thought oh, it was interesting. Oh, man, I didn't notice that. Yeah, what if it's kind of like, we're here to make sure everybody is falling in line? Literally, because if you notice the batch, except for Crosshair, they're not standing in light. They're just a little bit offset. Uh-huh. They're kind of just, just a little bit. Anyway, but what a little bit throws me off in that scene is, and I don't know much about animation, of course, like the the clone fist pump we get, which I love because it's like a Clone Wars Rebels like signature, but you got the fist pump. The scene is very effective. Yeah, and I love how we do get that moment with Echo where he hears the words Galactic Empire. And he's just like, Galactic Empire? This is not what I... Well, he didn't sign up, but this is this not is what a, I've been fighting for. Uh-huh. I was fighting for... Well, no, there, there's what the question. Told to fight for. Told to fight for, which was the annihilation of the Separatist army. So then does that mean, like, does does the Republic get the Separatist back because they lost the war they're going to be slowly annexed back into mm-hmm. the um the um, imperial power structure mm-hmm. yes and they still have the senate well for now yeah it's it's sort of a puppet senate but they do still have it mm-hmm. this is also the first time we see arguably the main character potentially the deuteragonist along with hunter i think yes. deuteragonist along with hunter um omega omega who is just a little ball of sunshine Our i favorite. love her omega she's great she's wonderful mm-hmm. and she's so teeny tiny she is so teeny tiny she looks so happy to see them she the does. second she spots hunter and we don't find out in this episode but we do find out at the end of the series season why and it's because she was Created in the same lab as them. She watched them get made when she was presumably very, very, very young. Mm-hmm. And then they got sent off to be with the other clones. She never saw them again. Mm-hmm. And so the reason, like, she's so excited to see them is because she, she already, in her mind, these are her brothers. Mm-hmm. They don't know it, but she does. That hits so much harder once you see the end of the series. It does. Where, where at the beginning you're like, what? She's so happy to see them. Mm-hmm. There must be something, and then, and then it's not just that she thinks they're cool. It's that that they're her brother. Yes, it is. It, and I just want to make sure I'm correct. She's she's been aging normally, like Boba. As far as I know, yes. Which begs the question of how old she is and how old the Bad Batch are, because she's she cannot be any more than twelve, and I think twelve is even pushing it a little bit. Okay, so Boba is 12 in Attack of the Clones. Yes. That's right. Rex is a Gen 1. Okay, yeah, so she'd... 12 would be the oldest she could be. Yeah, and yeah. even just based on how she looks, it takes 10 years to grow a clone and get them to find stands. Mm-hmm. So I... And if she remembers, she'd have to be at least, like... They'd have to be no older than about 9. Mm-hmm chronologically which they they could be and just have very accelerated aging maybe and not even necessarily very accelerated because they all look like they're all adults Mm -hmm. 
I mean, the clones in general look even older than their little accelerated art aging would have them look. Mm -hmm. I think because if they look their actual... Because the clones should all be in their very, very early 20s, biologically. Mm -hmm. The show would be... The Clone Wars would have been even harder to watch than it already was. That is true. And Tamara Morrison, I mean, he was older than 2020 when they filmed Attack of the Clones. He was, but they actually did base the look of the 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 all the normal clones off of Tamora Morrison when he was about 25. Oh. And he does, like, as a 25-year-old man, he does look about 35, mm-hmm. but, like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tamora Morrison has ever looked bad. Mm-hmm. He, He's I'm a very, so, very handsome guy. I'm so excited <laughs> for Book of Boba Fett that comes out soon. Mm-hmm. It is going to be... He's gonna be really cool. Yeah. He has eyebrows now. He does. I'm glad he has his eyebrows back. <laughs> Eyebrow little fat. I don't know, and I, I, I don't know how old they are. I'm not sure. I think, uh, I don't know if they'll ever be answered. Yeah, and I'm okay with it not being answered. Yeah. For, on Wikipedia, it says they're three, which I don't think is true. <laughs> three is... I think, I think, Since... and that's based on nothing. Okay, I mean, I three would make sense if three since decanted, because the Clone Wars have been going for three years. Yeah, but, but it's probably not since decanted. I think it's probably since they were officially kind of formed into a little squad. Yeah. And it's probably even less than that, because I don't know where they got that information. Yeah, so that's probably just a wild guess they threw out. Probably. I have a whole theory, because mm. this is going to tie into the way that they are treated in the cafeteria scene, and when Tech is like, hey, so, like, what's going on? And they're just like, no, go away. We hate you. You're weird. <laughs> and he's like, well, they're normal to me. Yeah. Which is another thing that is a good discussion for the next episode. But, so we see in this episode that the, the Bad Batch, they're not terribly well-liked by the no. other clones. They're very much sort of shunted to the side the regular clones don't get along with them. They don't get along with the regular clones. We already knew this from the Bad Batch arc. And this is part of why they do have a little bit of a standoffish attitude towards clones. Mm-hmm. Usually when they get to know somebody, they get along really well, like with them and Rex or them and Cody. Mm-hmm. But it it's hard for them to get to that point. Seemingly probably their entire lives, that's what, what it's been like. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. That mm-hmm. it's... Yeah, it does seem to me that they're... It, because they're weird, because they're different. But here's an, here's 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 a theory. So they are experimental clones. We're mm-hmm. gonna find this out at the end of the series that they because I do okay. Back up. <laughs> so <laughs> so during that initial discussion that Tech has, where he talks about their mutations and stuff like that, and he talks about how like the Caminones took pre-existing mutations in their DNA yeah. and fiddled with them to push certain aspects of what they were going to be anyway. So Wrecker was probably already going to be kind of big, but they pushed it to 11. So now he's gigantic and ridiculously strong. Mm -hmm. So I have a theory that they were, that even though they were experiments and they were probably trained in combat their entire lives, I don't Mm -hmm. think that they they were ever originally intended to ever be in the field. Because in some ways, they're kind of a failed experiment. Because they did, with the exception of Crosshair apparently, they did not really take to the conditioning. They do not follow orders Mm -hmm. most of the time. They kind of just do their own thing. And that's... So I think that there's a very good possibility, even though they were very, very highly trained... That at the end of their training, they were handed a mop and told to do that for a few years, for like a couple months, you know, when the war first broke out until the Battle of Camino happened, and that they weren't sent out until after the Battle of Camino. I think that's a really cool, I think that might be a correct theory, because, yeah, because they, they can't send out send send them out in a squad, because they don't work well with other clones, no, and other clones don't. don't work well with them. Well, so yeah, and part of the reason they're so effective mm-hmm. as a as their own little squad is because all of their different strengths complement each other. But on their own, they're kind of walking disasters. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I think that's part of why some of the other clones do not like them because mm-hmm. they're like, no, you're just supposed to be janitors. Mm-hmm. Why do you get the special treatment now? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and it's possible also they you're supposed to be you're supposed to be janitors. 
Okay, let me try that again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> My sleepiness is getting the best of me. No, I can tell. Huh. The Y theory is perhaps they went out into battle before the Battle of Camino. Maybe. I I only think so because there's a clone shortage and maybe they were sent out early. Maybe they were sent out early because the Battle of Geonosis as uh, am I wrong or right? I mean it says like either a million or two million clones had died by a certain point. It was fairly early on in the Yeah, war. and so maybe they're like, We don't just need this, we need special special ops basically. Yeah for these specific things who are we going to take we can't really send anybody we let's throw these experimental clones out and if they fail they fail then we don't have to worry anymore mm-hmm. maybe but i kind of like the janitor thing better yeah the reason that. i say after the battle of camino mm-hmm. is just because um apparently cody was the one who recommended that they go out like who said oh. who said you know these clones have skills we can actually use mm-hmm. and metal camino is where 99 dies i wonder what what they were trying to do with 99 i don't know because i think a pre was probably created in metal uh, too uh-huh. and we're gonna see at the end of the season that there are a lot of pods down in the Alisei's lab mm-hmm. and there's a lot more five if we're including Omega in that. How many did she go through? And how many died in early childhood? Were there more that went out into the field with them who died over the course of, you know, before we meet them? That's a good question. Yeah, we don't know. Could that be why they all have a skull on their armor? Kind of likely. Or do they just really like skulls and are like, it looks cool, so we put it on our armor. <laughs> you know, I can <laughs> see like a biologically fifteen-year-old hunter being like, "Hey guys, hey guys, I got the best idea. I'm gonna get a skull tattooed on half my face. Who's with me?" And we're like, "We'll paint it on our helmets, Hunter." And he's like, "But, but, but I already got it." <laughs> oh, we thought that was Sharpie, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so crosshair June on me. <laughs> Is there, like, a, a clone that does tattoos? There's gotta be. Like, there's gotta be a clone that does tattoos. Because they get mm-hmm. them, I think, largely to be like, I am an individual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it would be great if there was a secret clone tattoo parlor somewhere in the middle <gasps> that the Kaminoans didn't know about. That'd be so cool. I mean, even, and even Dogma had a tattoo on his face. Yeah, Dogma, so... <laughs> by the book, does nothing not by the book. Dogma. <laughs> Even he has the, has the tattoo. I'm thinking maybe a ritual thing, like when they're first yeah. going to go out into the field or... When they get their name. Yeah, well, oh, maybe when they get their name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tup. Sorry, it made me think of oh, Tup and then I got too. sad. How did Tup get his name? Uh, I don't know, but it's a Is good it short name. Is it Tupperware? Tup, Tuppence? Tupperoni? Tupperoni and cheese? <laughs> I do think Tup is short for technically, not technician. I think you're correct. Hunter... Oh, Hunter. Wrecker. Wrecker. Crosshair. Crosshair. But I think, I think I like that actually. Technically. So what's interesting is as we're doing this podcast, we have, we paused the show (laughs) at the minute, at 37 minutes and 58 seconds. And so you have, you have, you have Tech and Wrecker and Crosshair and Tarkin and Echo all on the screen at the same time. And comparing Echo to the rest of them, he really does look dead. I am still, I'm, I know we talked about it last episode, but I'm still on my Echo is somehow biologically dead train. He's a cyborg ghost. He is a cyborg ghost. Like, he really, well, he does have eyebrows now, though. He does have eyebrows now. Though I wonder if he paints them in. Uh, but he also has a five o'clock shadow, so he must be able to grow hair. I guess he must. At least, I mean, he doesn't have one here, but he's going to have one late in later episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. It's all a mystery. Oh no, season two. Tech is going to have a beard. You know, I'd be fine with that. The only thing that would like mess me up mm-hmm. when it comes to their hair collectively mm-hmm. is if Wrecker has any. That would be weird. Actually, it would be a little bit like, okay, Jungle Cruise movie. Yeah. Which I actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know how it has 
uh, okay, spoilers for Jungle Cruise. Don't listen for like the next minute um, if you haven't seen it yet um, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, so when he, there's the flashback to when he's younger and he has hair. He's got this long hair. And at first I was like, whoa. And I was like, well, no, okay, it works. Mm-hmm. But it did totally throw me off. And so that would really throw me off if Wrecker had, like, long, flowing, luscious locks. Not as long as Tup, but, like, shall we do some finishing thoughts? We should do some finishing thoughts. We actually have, like, more of that half of the episode to get through, like, the the cafeteria scene and the battle sequence. Mm-hmm. But um, you are wilting. I am wilting. You are wilting and I have to drive home. Yes. So we will do those parts of the episodes because we do have a lot to say about them next time. I mean, they're mostly action scenes, so we don't have to talk a lot about them, but we do have things to say. We'll do those next time. So finishing thoughts. So what are your thoughts on the first half of Aftermath? First half of Aftermath? I mean, it's hard to say because, like, this isn't a complete episode, but... Uh, every time I watch Aftermath, I really enjoy it. I think because of the length, I don't get the emotional whiplash, and it does mm-hmm. a great job of syncing it all together. I like going back to Camino mm-hmm. and seeing how it constantly changes. Yeah. That's yeah. that's very fun. Also, when I first watched the episode, the I didn't know the episode was going to be as long as it was. I thought mm-hmm. it was just a standard, you know, 20 minute. And then when the episode kept going, I was like, oh, how exciting. And then when it got to about like the 45, 50 minute mark, I was like, okay, I guess that's the end of the episode. And then it kept on going. I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. So I, Aftermath is... Well, I was about to say it's a fun episode. It's not fun. It's it's good. It's it's great. More introduction to the Bad Batch from what we got in the Bad Batch arc of season seven of Clone Wars. And it's really fun to see the animation get even better. Better mm. and better. And it is just marvelous. What are your final thoughts on um, Aftermath? My thoughts on the first half of Aftermath. I... This is a really good episode. It's not It's not the absolute best episode in the season, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that matters. <laughs> because at the end of the day, every episode has a part to play, and this is absolutely up there with, I think, the top two or three of the season. I just I said I wasn't going to rank anything. I guess I just did. <gasps> I think that this was a fantastic way to start the show off. I do think that the added length really helps, because what we get... In this episode, we get an introduction to the Bad Batch characters, mm-hmm. or a reintroduction since we are already introduced to them, but this does a much better job of establishing who they are and establishing the conflicts that are going to be between mm-hmm. them and establishing them as, for the most part, as people instead of as like these really super cool action heroes. Yes, where, where the focus can be on, the, on them, not Rex. Mm-hmm. It does a really good establishing where this series is going to go and how it's going to be paced and what it's going to be. There was a lot of talk and continues to be a lot of talk about how the Bad Batch was really just secretly Clone Wars Season 8. I do. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and it is for the first five minutes. For the first five Mm -hmm. minutes, it's 100% a Clone Wars episode. Once Order 66 happens... It's a different show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not just because Order 66 and now we're like in new, darker territory, but the way its shot changes, the way it's the way that like the dialogue is written kind of changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the pacing slows way down. This is a um, leisurely paced show. <laughs> <laughs> compared to Clone Wars. Compared to Clone Wars Order Rebels, and I love that. I understand that that's not, not everybody's cup of tea, but it takes its own sweet time to get where it's going, and that starts right here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got fantastic action sequences, the music is really, really good, and of course, we are introduced to Ray of Sunshine Omega, Omega. who we will talk about a lot more next time, because... We barely got to her. Yeah, and she doesn't show up a lot in the first 
half of the episode. Yeah, we so far, we've only, we didn't get to the cafeteria scene, so we've only seen her one time and she hasn't said a line. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, I think the very beginning of the episode actually is, it shows what Aftermath is with the title crawl, yeah. where it's the Clone Wars, and then it burns away to the Bad Batch title and i think that that just perfectly encapsulates what the episode does it is clone wars but clone wars has ended and now it's time for the bad batch to shine and do their worst yeah and their best well and the entire series so far takes place in the immediate aftermath of the fall of the republic and the rise of the empire Mm -hmm. and the series is just gonna be about these people (laughs) trying to deal with that Mm -hmm. and not always getting it right Mm-hmm. Some getting it less right than others. <laughs> some can, but some of them being under circumstances that cause them to get it less right than others. I, I think of that Megan Mind thing. It's like Crosshair got it less right, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And we're probably gonna have a lot to say about Crosshair next episode too, just because. Yeah, I'm most excited. I am too, but we are both dying, so. We will die off for the night. So thank you for listening. Join us next time for either our discussion of either the second half plus a bit or the second third of Aftermath, where we will surely try more terrible soda and go on more tangents.